Good morning. I'm the Reverend Amy Richter. And I'm the Reverend Joe Pagano. And this is a brief service of morning prayer for Sunday, March 20th, the third Sunday in Lent. Cast your burden upon the Lord. And he will sustain you. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Give me the joy of your saving help again. And sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Blessed be the Lord, day by day. The God of our salvation, who bears our burdens. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What did they do to deserve that? Jesus knew this question was on people's minds when they came to tell him a horrible thing had happened. Pilate, yes, the same Pontius Pilate who oversaw the crucifixion of Jesus, Pilate slaughtered some Jews from Galilee making Pilate's appalling action even more offensive, is that he did this terrible thing while they were offering their sacrifices in Jerusalem. It's Jesus who asks the question on everyone's mind. Is it because those Galileans were worse sinners than other Galileans that this happened? Did they do something to deserve such an awful death? And it's Jesus who gives the answer, no. Or when that tower in Siloam fell and 18 people were killed, is that because they were sinners? Jesus says, no. The question is, is God keeping track of who's been naughty or nice and whether to respond with earthly punishments or rewards? The answer is no. Does God use tyrants to kill people, or tsunamis to drown people, or viruses to infect people to punish them for something they've done? No. And yet, 
it is a persistent question, and it goes with a persistent assumption that somehow what people get in life is what they deserve, that there must be a connection between the sort of people they are and the bad or good things that come their way in life. We've heard people say, I wonder what he did to deserve that, or make pronouncements. This disease, or plague, or natural disaster, or fill in the blank, is God's punishment for their sin. Well, says Jesus, take it from me, that's not how it works. Sometimes we do suffer as a direct result of some wrong we have done, some bad decision, some action we've neglected to take. Mistreat your body, and you will probably hurt. Drive carelessly, and you may cause suffering. Mistreat a friend, and you will damage your friendship. The negative consequences of our actions can be clear. But sometimes we're confused, not when we can see how a mistake or bad action has led to suffering, but when we've been good, done right, tried hard, and still, nevertheless, we suffer. As Christians, we really shouldn't be so surprised when this happens. The idea that only good things happen to good people should have been put to rest when Jesus was nailed to the cross. Christian faith is no magic protection against tragedy. The cross is our central symbol. The cross, where an innocent man died the death of a criminal. Nonetheless, Christians have long wondered why bad things happen to people, even good people. In his book, The City of God, St. Augustine, who lived a really long time ago, considered the great suffering that occurred when the barbarians sacked Rome. And he noted that when the barbarians pillaged, Christians suffered just as much as non-Christians. Faith in Jesus Christ did not make them immune to pain and tragedy. Augustine wrote, Christians differ from pagans, not in the ills which befall them, but in what they do with the ills that befall them. The Christian faith does not give us a way around tragedy. Faith gives us a way through tragedy. So no, says Jesus, we can't look at tragedy and assume that some people did something to deserve it. But, he continues, unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. What kind of a reply is that? Jesus is saying, don't be distracted by the wrong question. To Jesus, the why isn't important here. God made us in love and gave us free will, freedom to choose how to respond, how to act. In freedom, humans have written symphonies and started wars. 
God made a dynamic world in which natural things change and evolve into beautiful new forms of life and into cancer cells. A good question to ask, according to Jesus, isn't, what did she do to deserve that suffering? The much more important question is, how is your relationship with God? Jesus says, don't be distracted by looking at what happened to someone else. Don't spend your time wondering what must someone have done to deserve what he or she is going through. Another time, Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye before you worry about the speck in your neighbor's eye. Look at yourself while you still have time. What in your life needs repenting? Acknowledging, turning around. What needs to be turned over to God? What needs forgiving? Because bad things will happen. And while the gift of earthly life is still ours, we need to ask ourselves how is our relationship with God? Are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? Are we relieving the suffering of others, or just pointing our fingers at them and trying to connect the dots between their suffering and some sin? Our own repentance is the issue, because deserving isn't. The scandal at the heart of our faith is that God already loves us, that God doesn't need a ledger or tally sheet because we don't do anything to deserve God's love. We have no favor to earn, because God already sees us as God's beloved ones. All we have to do is live and explore the amazing mystery of our acceptance. We can't lose God's favor and make bad things happen to us, because we don't earn God's favor in the first place. Life is short. Don't be distracted by the wrong questions. And don't be disappointed if Jesus asks you to love God more than you love answers. Because Jesus will do that. When people asked him questions, he often responded not with an answer, but with a story, like he did in the next part of the gospel lesson. A man planted a fig tree. The fig tree used up a lot of nutrients, but didn't produce any figs. Why should I let this do-nothing fig tree use up good soil? asked the man. Cut it down. But the gardener replies, Let it be for one more year. I will do everything everything I can for it. If it bears fruit, great. If not, cut it down. The gardener in the story is not efficient, practical, or exercising his authority to do what's most logical. He is going to waste more nutrients, effort, and space on a tree that doesn't show any signs of producing figs. Does the fig tree deserve it? 
That is not the question, says Jesus. It's just a story about a fig tree and an extravagant gardener who should remind us of another gardener from way back in the beginning who just couldn't help it when he picked up some dirt. He just had to form it into a human and breathe life into it. He just had to make it into someone to love, someone who would be free to choose to love in return. Maybe we can hear this gardener at work in our own lives saying, I'll do all that I can to nurture her. Maybe this time he'll respond. Before their time is up, maybe they'll do the right thing. Maybe they'll be who I made them to be. Maybe even today. Amen. With confidence and trust, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the one holy Catholic and apostolic church throughout the world, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the mission of the church, that in faithful witness it may preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those preparing for baptism and for their teachers and sponsors, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. For peace in the world, that a spirit of respect and reconciliation may grow among nations and peoples, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all in danger, that they may be relieved and protected, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all whom we have injured or offended, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. For grace to amend our lives and to further the reign of God, we pray to you, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our prayers are requested for Sadie, Doug, Noreen, Sean, Kim, Doug, Connie, Deanna, Stuart, Herb, Dorcas, Marilyn, Connor, Irving, Marion, Debbie, Robert, Wayne, Jennifer, Stephanie, Nina, Carolyn, Bob, Joe, Percy, Doreen, Paul, Joe, and Percy, and also for Melvin, Denise, Glenn, Audrey, Diane, Cecil, George, Shirley, Janelle, Clarence, John, Anne, Audrey, Donna, Dave, Suzanne, Cody, Penny, Danielle, Sean, Howard, Byron, Pat, Eric, and any others you wish to name aloud or silently. We pray for all who are sick with COVID. We pray for peace in Ukraine and for refugees everywhere. A Collect for the Third Sunday in Lent Father of mercy, alone we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. When we are discouraged by our weakness, strengthen us to follow Christ, our pattern and our hope, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
Gathering our prayers and praises into one, let us pray as our Savior taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. This is The Greatest of These is Love. Though I may speak with the tongues of angels, though I speak with the voice of peace, and though I seek all the gifts of heaven, or behold all its mysteries, if I'm not with love's compassion, if I speak without love's voice, my lofty words and noble actions are as noise. For now we see, now we see, only a glimpse of the things to be, as through a
Thanks be to God. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord look upon us with favor and grant us peace. Amen.